You're listening to Emma Nash, Screen Queens. Hello, you are listening to Emma Nash, Screen Queens. We're about to tell you what was shite on the telly last week and what you should probably bother to stream as we zoom out of lockdown ever so slowly. I'm Ash. Here is Em. Hello there. And that is producer Stu Hart. Hello. Stew of our hearts. Ah. We had a very oh, special um, occasion. Yesterday, it was Em's birthday. Happy birthday Day to you. She had a, how many <laughs> hours was the Zoom I for? was on a Zoom for nine hours <laughs> from 2pm <laughs> till 11pm. Husband with the bad taste, oh in this case, husband with the amazing organisation skills, had did a call sheet, basically, and texted almost anybody I've ever met. He messaged like. us a week in advance. I found it, like, four days later, because he went into my other on um, Instagram, because we're not Instagram friends. Like, he was on it. And you know, well, this is true. He was, yeah, he did an excellent job, and he gave people different time slots so mm -hmm. that we had the difference. So we had, like... Oh my god! We started off with all our Saffron Walden friends. Then we had to boot all of them off, and then my old school friends, and then university and other school friends. Three forty then... was podcast friends. I I was three minutes early, I, and I think I broke I, it a bit. <laughs> I feel like you came in, you, but you definitely over. And then people started overlapping with other people, which was quite fun. I can't remember. Did you overlap with some of my family, maybe? I no. overlapped with a man with a funny sad. name and a lady who was riding horses. Oh, that would be my sister-in-law, Scepter. They briefly okay. popped in and out. They were they were feeding the ponies. And a man who is in Dubai. Yes, we spoke to him. That's Dottie. Okay. Dottie. Real name Robin, but was always called Dottie because his surname is Parker. And although it sounds like a really kind of literary thing, Dorothy Parker, Dottie, but they weren't literally at oh, all. It was just a stupid. You guys, your fucking nickname. posh nicknames. Christ. We just called people cunty and tits. <laughs> no, no, we, at one point, my my very, very beloved scouse friend was on there, Kate, my special perfume friend Kate, and she um had to mute herself because she was so horrified by the poshness of my family chat, which is revolving around my nephew's signet ring <laughs> and my brother's issues with his sauna that he's bought this 10 grand sauna. Of Oh, she have fucking signet rings. <laughs> Why are we friends? I no, 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 no. I want to make this very clear. We all mock Matthew for his signet ring. It's a, a Sanderson signet ring. And apparently there is also a seal, which will end up oh going to him as silver. Right. The stop, whole thing was insanity. Stop, stop. Emma. And Kate was stop like, I can't. And tell anymore. people, what is a signet ring and what is a seal, please? Well, a signet ring is, is like a ring that, well, it has your kind of, I guess it has, well, I don't have one. I'm just letting that very clear. It has your like family crest on or whatever. So it's one of those rings that traditionally posh people wear on their little finger. I think Prince Charles always has a signet ring. Is that the one they used to stamp the wax with? On the yes, I think they would use they would use their ring to to do the seal. Do the seal Sorry. So they're kind of like, <laughs> like the, I'm not sure if it's like the royal family. I think I have a feeling that the Sanderson males always get them on their 21st birthday. And I think they are melted down when the, the generations die above them. Anyway, it's nothing to do with me because it's not my family. It'll be fine. Oh, my areas. God. 
obviously well, my nephew has no money left anyway you know so it's, it, it's just such an antiquated thing and then they americans also have an are gonna deal. shit themselves listening to this this shit is real guys really this shit is real well it can fit in a little bit can't it so mm-hmm. we just say before we go into what going. we're talking about no, I'm going to eat this. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about what we actually watched this week in terms of reviews of TV and film, of course, the big, big, big TV event hits the stakes tonight and hits us tomorrow, and it is the much-heralded Oprah interview with mm-hmm. um, Prince Harry and yes. the Duchess of Madame Sussex. Madame Markov, thank you for giving her her title. She's been stripped of everything else, Emma. Applause you. Oh. I could just call her Megan Hatter. Like it, so in, in preparation for this interview, which I am going to watch because I just can't help myself and I just think it'll be... It, 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 I find it fascinating that they're, that they're giving this interview and in preparation for it, the palace have then come out all guns blazing as well and launched God, this bullying claim against horrific. her. It's a mess. It's I mean, a mess. They haven't learned, have they? Well, all I would say is I just think it seems really sad. I do think it seems sad to me. I remember, you know, when you can't help but feel for both obviously William and Harry, they lost their mother in the most horrendous circumstances at a very, very delicate age. But that would be Princess Diana, FYI. In case we have young children listening. Hmm? I was very pissed that nothing was on telly for a week when she died. It was very boring. I earned all the overtime money in the world because I was working the auto queue at the time. So I lived at oh, ITN Studios. Emma. Mm. I think I was on holiday oh. in Corfu when Princess Diana died. It was, an, it was on all of the TVs and all of the... Um, For sort a of week. The, we the... had four channels at the time, I guess. That would be true, yeah. But I don't know what will happen when Prince, Char- when Prince Philip finally shuffles off this mortal coil because I think oh. in the old days, you always like when a member of the royal family died, you would have this kind of like week of programming theoretically that is just like you know um thoughtful decorous programming for a week of mourning but i'm pretty sure we're beyond that now aren't we um i think we're beyond it technologically and i think we're beyond it because he's a nazi sympathizer and has been openly racist for many many years so and that's on the record and i don't give a fuck when he dies and i will go to my grave saying that fire me if you will you both got your hands up. I know I am a woke bitch, but Stuart's voice is heard less, so I'm going to go to the white male in this instance. Please I, don't I, at me. Well, no, it's really I, I didn't. I don't really, really sort of care about the rules much at all. You're um, a Republican like me, Stu. Yeah, so that sounds like that. Yeah, but, but I'm more annoyed by the fact at the moment the current scheduling on the BBC, neither on BBC One or BBC Two, there is no comedy slot currently available on a Thursday or a Friday evening on BBC One or BBC Two. So I am a bit pissed off because it's very rare that I'll think, I'll see what's on terrestrial television uh, and then actually go and have a look. But there's nothing there at the moment. That's my only complaint. It's like... Because they're worried that Prince Philip's going to die. I know, but it's just you brought up the programming thing and it just just reminded me of a thought I had earlier this week and it's annoyed me. Okay, Stuart went on a tangent. Okay. Bring it back to the... I'm going to bring it... I'm going to bring it back. Um, so I just think it seems sad that they have now obviously irrevocably fallen out for whatever reason, because the, 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 what's going on between both the palace and Harry and Meghan, it's not, it's very, very toxic. No one seems to be able to kind of hold their hands up and say, well, maybe I didn't behave brilliantly, but they didn't behave brilliantly on either side. You know what I mean? It just seems to be like an us, a real us and them thing. And I find that just a little sad. The other thing I was going to say is, Stuart, oh no, Ashley, actually. Yeah. He's, nearly 100 years old i get it we don't i don't love prince philip he's either. gonna die 
But at the same time, I am a little bit like, again, Harry and Meghan have some respect for the family that at the end of the day forked out for a very nice wedding for you. Gate has given Harry the lifestyle he's enjoyed for the last 35 years. His grandfather is pretty much in hospital. Maybe right now is not when your grandmother needs to have this shit served on her doorstep. When would be With the right sobby, sobby. time? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's all going to be terribly well-meaning. Yeah. And I think they've obviously picked the most sympathetic ear in Oprah. Yeah. Back on topic. No tangents this time. On topic. Um, On topic. On topic. (laughs) Um, I do think it's rather odd in two ways. On the one hand, they wanted to step away from the limelight anyway because of obviously Harry's feelings about the press and everything in light of what happened to his mother. But by the same token, they either can't soon to be dead. Night night. Go on. Either they can't quite escape from it, or they are taking it being very reluctant to surrender the attention they're getting and i'm not entirely sure which one it is i have a bigger and better conspiracy theory Stuart. go on oh i'm megan and harry (laughs) lawyers on standby (laughs) megan and harinda hazar are in on it they are in on it they wanted to leave they have chosen to go and live in the u.s We currently, for those of you outside of the UK, have a soon-to-be, I hope, but probably not convicted paedophile best friend of Jeffrey Epstein, who has committed sexual assaults against underage women in Prince Andrew. They are in on it. This is a smoke show, and all of our attention is on that, rather than why Prince Andrew hasn't been excommunicated is not being paid by taxpayers anymore because we pay his wages currently. Why is he still a member of this he, sacred? He barely, he barely is Ash. To be fair, he, he has, barely, you know, Prince, that is Prince a Andrew lie. Too much been he is not well. barely. He hasn't been excommunicated at all. Excommunicated well, would be publicly <laughs> publicly coming out and saying this man does not uphold the values of the royal family of the United Kingdom hundreds of years but this black woman from america needs to leave because she had an opinion that i'm sorry no andrew i no i i i'm not connecting the two and i honestly don't think the race i i don't know i mean i think i think harry treads a very difficult line when he compares when he said the the clips we've seen from oprah he sits there and goes i'm just grateful to be sitting here with my wife in some kind of insinuation that she what she would have been killed by the press i agree I agree. She would, that, she would have committed suicide or she would have been killed like his mum was oh, killed. Oh, I... That you is think just Megan, not true. Do you think Megan's as cool. bad or worse than Andrew? Because Andrew's still in the fucking royal family. He's a fucking... I don't think either. They asked to leave and that's fine. Andrew's don't a pedophile. Is that okay? Of course not, but that's not so what I'm talking about why is that not right in the now. news? Why isn't it in the it, news? It has and been in the news. Laughed and laughed not about the as much Express as and the lack of sweating and all that kind of thing. And then the Queen is pretty much like, right, you are not, I cannot be, I cannot be having you seen in public. She hasn't come out and said that. But the, the stories no, the... against Meghan and Harry are relentless daily, tens of them. They haven't, the palace hasn't come out and said anything. They're like, oh, we're launching a claim into bullying against Meghan. Do you want to launch a claim into paedophilia against your son? Now there's an idea. Mike, drop. 
Well, I think no, but you're tying together two things here. I think with with Harry and I Meghan, am, I, I am, and I'm, I'm and that's well, to expose the hypocrisy they, of the royal No, family. but they have. They've chosen to step away, but at the same time, they yes. chose to step away. But I feel that they do like the benefits that life gives. It's all well and good. You, you yeah. move away. Well, they're celebrities. The yeah. Well, they're celebs. Huh? I mean, are, well, they're celebs. I mean, I'd say Megan's the biggest celeb now that she's married Harry. I don't think she's a huge celeb on the back of suits, was she? But, you know, I just celebs. think I watched the James Corden interview, which was painful for me because I find I James think Corden. that's the bigger PR disaster, to be fair. Oh, like, who let him do that? <laughs> well, we, 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 which was worse than that was it the responses that harry and megan gave or was it the fact that james corden was there at all because i have issues with that on its own i think the james <laughs> corden like yes there's some decorum in giving your first ever i'm bleeding my heart out for the first time ever to oprah the oprah of all interviewers like you verbify her own name but then you go and do a James Corden thing on the top of the bus, but because it's Harry, no one gives a shit. He can do what he wants. Megan, on the other hand, everyone hates. Uh, I don't think either of them particularly. I, anyway, I, I, I look, I'm going to watch it, because I think it's going to be interesting to see how... Over, I mean, it looks incredibly well stage-managed, the clips I've seen this mm. interview so far with the kind of... So, and if there's one thing Megan's excellent at, it's giving good interviews, because she's an actress, mm. for heaven's sake, and she's yeah. gorgeous, and she's incredibly well-media-trained. Very trained. So she is going to be very soulful. Oprah's going to be the most sympathetic ear ever to them. Oprah's going to love it, because it's going to give her ratings like she hasn't had for 50 years. Um, and, you know, and they, they get to justify the 150 million quid that Netflix are giving them just to, you know, whatever it is, do the voiceover for a documentary about elephants. And that was the thing about that stupid James <laughs> Corden was just Harry going, well, we put Archie to bed, we read him a story, and then we just head up to the bedroom and maybe just put on some Netflix. It was so just cheesily handled. It wasn't cool. I agree with all of the above. I think, Emma, deep down, you are a Republican. You're just not ready to admit it. Partner with the Good Shouts did some research. So on FA Cup finals, that's the, is that how you say the football shit, Stuart? Why are you asking me? An FA, <laughs> so the FA, FA Cup, Cup finals or some shit. Thing, yeah. I so think, it, I think it's pronounced thing. Far Coop. Far Coop. Far Coop. <laughs> the adverts cost 70 grand. The adverts, uh, when this airs on ITV, 120 grand. So yeah, they're making a ton it's, of money yeah. off this. I do. I'm and hopeful it, this brings down the institution in inverted commas of the royal family. Oh, okay, oh, oh, it's not going die. to. It's not going to because too many oh. people, myself included, I was quite a Republican as I've got mm. older. It's like it's well, we'll, we'll be talking about Moxie later on. It's the same thing, isn't it? You end you up. You guys all die though. That's the beauty of it. Em. Exactly. As, as we get more and more. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. But um, I was just going to say that I think people, it might be interesting to see what happens when the Queen dies. I do think that people in general have respect for our Queen, and rightfully so. I Sorry, there's I'm no not respect, But there's no respect for Charles, and he's going to end the monarchy. Probably. I hope, quite I hope probably. So. But there is respect for... Yeah, yeah, like, and, 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 do as you wish. Pay your own rent. Fuck around. I don't give a shit. But while you have me paying your rent and for your trips and for your clothes when we are on minimum wage for your private go flights go well fight. yeah but this is also i find this whole thing this is and to just finish up on this this is also where i found this rhetoric from harry and megan super annoying when harry's like no my entire life is about being dedicated to public service and we just want to spread some love and compassion and hope in the world and you're like do you though really because like you said it's the end of a really difficult year That's people what they all sound abject like. poverty they all it's sound just, like that 
they're I'm not they, saying they've that... but they've committed to financially supporting themselves a slap in the face is when you have sloan ranger kate what's a fuck and bald I wills like I like that. Of course you fucking do, but like dedicated <laughs> to public just, service. I'm like, pay your own fucking rent. Pay your rent then. Pay your rent. You're millionaires. You're millionaires. Pay your rent and then dedicate your life to public service. If I was a millionaire, I could easily dedicate my life to public service. And that's what I would do if I was floated for life. That's what I would choose to do, but I'm not. So I have to work. And these well, cunts are to take, be fair, taking my be money. Fair, to William and Kate, they were not the ones that spent 2.4 million of taxpayers' money. I know they then paid it back to completely renovate their house, did they? Which is another thing that Meghan and Harry did, which wasn't maybe but, a cool PR move. But they did not renovate. Get me on board. They did renovate their apartments, and they just—it was chosen not to be released to the public how much money they spent. Well, every couple renovates on. everything. Look at what's going on with our dear Prime Minister at the moment. Indeed. And he's trying to get some kind of crowdfund sharer to decorate. They choose to release the information they release. You're not telling me that Wills and Kate did not renovate when they moved into that okay. archaic dog piss stained carpeted place. Okay. But anyway. I am going to rewind it all the way back and just say again, I think it's very but sad. For our family, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, I think it's sad that these two brothers who've been through so much already, oh, have had no. childhood, have now obviously completely fallen out due to the very Oh, you've got to cut off toxic family members. Go for it. Honestly, I'm here for it. But I don't know who the toxic one is here. I don't think it's Wills. Anyway, it just, it just seems a shame because they seem very close and I, could, I should think they could have nah, done with that. Everyone it? says that. You have to be close because you're raised together and you've got other friends and then when you become an adult, you realise that you're raised around I don't know why I'm trying to talk family, family to you. <laughs> exactly. What are you doing? Sibling relationships Hands up who has a family more <laughs> toxic than the royal family and that <laughs> might be the only one left in the UK. <laughs> but honestly, in a real, real talk here, yeah. You don't need to feel the need to stay with toxic family. Leave, move country, leave them. You might be right. You might. Yeah, well, then in that case, leave, get on with it, do your good works. Don't, you know, don't call the attention and maybe don't give a stupid, pissy interview to Oprah where you're going to like look weepy and, and sorry for yourself because I've got no time for that. Ooh. Oh, and look, Stuart's clapping me. It's like, oh, it, it, it uh, feels like cake and eat it. <laughs> Just shut yeah. up! Just shut up and get on with it. Live in your huge house in LA. Andrew needs to shut up and get on with it as well, then, because he doesn't I, sweat. Andrew, <laughs> I haven't. I did. You know what? I haven't even thought about Prince Andrew since Soul Epstein. Exactly, anyway. because he hasn't been in the press, and that was the that's the plan all along. Don't care enough. I don't care. You I should care. care because he's a paedophile and he's abused many children. And that's a way worse thing than Harry and Meghan have ever done. Was it proven, actually? I thought it was maybe just one. I don't think you can say many children. I think, it, well, there was one. Oh, only sure. one is fine many. then. Okay. He's only no, but I'm just saying you can't say. fine. And that's way no. better than. <laughs> no, nothing is fine in this situation. Absolutely but I think you are, you are throwing out many. And I'm not sure that was ever even held up against. If one is proven, 10 is probably. If I go on the serial killer route, yeah. I can't imagine Prince Andrew is living his best life in any way, shape, or form at the moment. Actually, if that makes you feel any better, I'm sure he. No, it doesn't. He should be dragged through the coals like this young couple has been because he is a (laughs) should be convicted criminal. He's done criminal things. 
they have not been dragged through the coals for a long time no one was talking about them they're now talking about them again because of the oprah interview because they're deciding to come out and give this whole rep- like, give good. narrative good this is really good. good this this is this has got longer than I thought it would do. That was only going to be a small <laughs> I, I forced myself to watch Annoying James Corden for 17 Let's minutes. Let's rewind That's this in four years' time when Liz is dead um, under the roof that I paid oh. for with my taxpayer pounds and she finally pops her fucking clogs eventually when the whole <laughs> royal family will be eviscerated. What do you reckon, Stu? I'd say you've got two choices. Either watch it or don't. I will be falling into latter category because really I don't care that much, and they're all fucking weird. They don't represent normal people at all. Very Im- exactly, very inbred. I know. I I, <laughs> I I hate myself almost for wanting to watch it, but I think I'm really starved for any celebrity gossip because obviously everyone's been locked up in a pandemic, so no one's been That's going what and cheating I mean. on anything. There's been no gripping celebrities. Just I mean, what celebrities. Have we had last week? Well, there's just been this yeah. and Alec Baldwin and his child, you know, that popped up out of nowhere. And they were very mean about that, but I think that's because his wife is fake Spanish and everyone got very angry. Well, she's fake Spanish and she's just ridiculous. If anyone, you know, someone says... This is where my my hatred of the royal family comes mainly from classism, but also because they're just celebrities, but the Kardashians pay their own rent. They're not taking my taxpayer money as I'm a minimum wage worker. Like, I hate that. Like, why do we need to do that? Yes, they generate... Because they bring so much money into the economy, Ashley. But... (laughs) You travel to Hollywood to go and look at these stars' houses who all pay their own fucking mortgages. Anyway, this year. Right. This year, this episode. Oh, how great would it be if Prince Philip died before this went out? Oh, one can imagine. (laughs) We're going to tell you about murder among the Mormons. We're going to tell you about White House Farm and Moxie and the United States versus Billie Holiday and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But I think you guys, you and Emma and Stuart, want to spoiler-free tell us how much the end of this brilliant new um, Disney Plus Marvel Universe extravaganza that apparently no one saw coming as being such a huge hit. They thought it was going to be a tiny little um, offshoot of the Marvel Universe, but wonder vision everyone's gone absolutely crazy for and you've you've both seen the ending and i got a flurry of texts from both of you but spoiler free let's go with stuart first why what's why what and who and why <laughs> emma's <laughs> crying already <laughs> she's also very drunk already <laughs> well i'm i'm d- i'm very tired thank you it's been a long old birthday weekend so I'm a little bit tired and emotional. <laughs> so the finale is significant because it sets up... But in... Stu, quick, remind us quickly what WandaVision is. Quickly okay, in case. so to recap, WandaVision is the uh, MCU TV spin-off of uh, Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch in the comics. That's Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. And uh, her partner presumed dead at the end of Avengers Infinity War, The Vision. Um, he's a red guy, huh? He's got a red face. He's got green. He's got he's he's of many oh. colours because he's. How old does he change? Ooh. Well, he's got lots of colours because he's an android, but he can uh, he can shape shift a bit to be more human appearance, or he can just be an android. But suffice to say, they have a very unusual relationship. It's an android and a and a and a, and okay. a, and a super and someone who's for the most part human, um, who have formed a romantic relationship, and that had its own issues in the comics, and some of those issues are reflected in Wonder Vision. 
But what did you Correct. think of the? Were you happy or? I I enjoyed it. by the finale or? So it was it was. Because it was you didn't know what you were expecting going into it. That was the wonder of the series. Exactly. Wasn't it? Like yes. no one knew what it was about. So this is the thing. This is the first proper Marvel Cinematic Universe TV series. It's not. It's consist- like a sitcom, basically, and Marvel doesn't do sitcoms. It, uh, it, well, no, it's, it's not as close to a sitcom as Marvel will ever do. Do you reckon? The first couple were. I mean, that was what was so interesting about it. the first four, maybe five episodes were quite clearly based on a different decade sitcom. So you went from I Love mm-hmm. Lucy to Bewitched to the Brady Bunch to a kind of All in the Family, Full House type to I think Malcolm in the Middle. But this whole reality starts to disintegrate because that's not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, like like Stuart said, this is a well-established storyline in the comics. This is Scarlet Witch with her grief and her powers has created this alternate reality mm-hmm. where she can still be with her love and they can have a family. And right. But it was incredibly, I just thought it was incredibly clever. It was incredibly emotional. I was quite invested into Wonder and Vision anyway. I don't know. I've, we've talked about this on this podcast many times about how great Paul Bettany is, how much he's been in the Marvel Universe from the very beginning, from being the voice of Jarvis all the way through to Vision and now into WandaVision. Um, so Paul Bettany back- is the male lead against... Um, yeah. Against so Paul Bettany is Vision and Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen is Wanda. They have a lovely chemistry. I think Elizabeth Olsen in particular was so I really thought she was great casting in the very beginning because of course she was better known as the sister of Mary Kate and Ashley, obviously, who in their own right were kind of like duvets and an entire brand. Millennials don't uh, sorry, not millennials, we're millennials. What's below what's younger than us? I'm Gen Generation Z or Gen X? Z? Gen they Z? don't know that they're even related. I hear on Instagram. Well, that, I love the Get story. Woke. Is it Mary? <laughs> is it Mary Kate? I think and who married Nicholas Sarkozy's oh, brother. Christ. And apparently, at their wedding, oh. I love this. They just had huge glass bowls full of cigarettes for everybody to. Just I read that too. Their wedding. <laughs> just like, Parisians, she, huh? Parisian. Yeah, and she married that older French guy, and they just wear huge coats together and just smoke mm-hmm. themselves. Well, now they're getting divorced. Now they're getting... But sorry, that took it back from talking. It just, it was really, I think, sharply written. It was backed up with uh, the incredible Catherine Hahn, who I love as well, who had a I really didn't know cute she was role. In that. She is, yeah. So, and you had Agent Wu coming back, who I mostly knew from Randall Park, isn't it? That's the actor's name, I think, Randall Park. And he's mostly from the Ant-Man movies, Correct. the FBI agent from the Ant-Man movies. And also Kat Dennings playing Darcy from the two really poor Thor movies. I don't like those Thor movies. Anyway, she came back in as well. It just, yeah, I think, and, and you've got this whole setup with, with Monica Rambo as well, who is the daughter of Captain Marvel's best friend from Captain Marvel. So, you know, it, it has, it, like Stuart said, this is the first one. We're now moving on, I think, to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then Loki. All of these are the Disney TV shows, but they're made. They're, they're short. They're making made. more series. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so I think. Yeah. It, it, so, Stuart, are you excited about that, or would oh you God, just? Yeah. Would you prefer that they would just do more films, or is this what you want to see? So, obviously, with COVID nineteen, a lot of the films that are waiting in the pipelines are on hold, either because of production or because of release dates and cinemas not being open, etc. Mm. So, I welcome the addition of these TV shows. I know it's not how they planned it; the TV shows are always going to be there, but they have proven very helpful in providing that void, particularly for the fans who are gnashing at the bit for the next film, yeah. which will be what Scarlet, yeah. um, not, not, yeah, blah blah blah, blah uh, Black Widow. Uh, 
Yeah. And I think, Stuart, and also you have to remember that these are being, you know, they're all, that, that it's Paul Feig is, is, is your genius mastermind behind this all. So it's the same creative team behind the movies. It's shot, it's not Paul Feig. Do I mean Paul Feig? Paul no. from, who did Bridesmaids, no. you mean? No, not Paul Fig from Bridesmaids. No, 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 no. I do not. I do not. <laughs> I got him. very excited. Quickly, double, double check your tabs. You almost tricked me into watching it. You almost tricked me. <laughs> the what MCU, you? the key MCU guy. I should know that name, shouldn't I? Really? Don't you anyway, worry. He's not Kevin Fig. I thought it was Kevin Fig. You've already half Kevin Feig, maybe. Oh, Kevin, okay. is it Kevin? Feig? I think I might give this series a go because, as you know, I hate all superhero films. I think Marvel and DC are a waste of everyone's time and money, mm -hmm. apart from when um, Tim Burton gets to make Batman films. But this looks good, and it across Ke no, the board, sorry, Kevin Feig with an E. It's Kevin, Kevin. Feig, sorry, not Paul Feig. Kevin Feig, but he's behind it. It's shot with the same kind of obviously attention to detail and money that you, it's also you know that, we, that there's no expense it there these, although they're tv piece. shows it's exactly it, it's with cinematic levels of production mm. values and mm. i think Stuart is so right talking about people who are gnashing for the bit i started crying at the beginning of the at the beginning of the final episode I didn't stop but part of that is just still all that pent up emotion i have from avengers endgame and avengers infinity war and just the fact that we haven't had a chance to go to the cinema and have that kind of shared marvel experience which you they did so there. well for 10 years so they really have nailed that it's yeah. brilliant and, and it's really good character development for wanda maximov and the vision as well and they get a lot of character development opportunities for a lady character mm, exactly and they get lots of character development on screen which they haven't been allowed in 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 the, in the films and I, I was saying to emma before you joined the cool lash i was saying that uh, they now have had probably have more character development on screen than even Hulk, who's Any been there since the first Avengers else. film. Exactly, yeah. Well, I can see that without ever being, without even being a fan of it. Is it? Are they hour-long episodes? Or no, it's not or consistent. Forty to fifty minutes, or thirty-five to foot. But there's a lot of that is nine, credits. There's only nine episodes, so I think I might dive into this, and this might be you guys actually finally easing me into this thinking the Marvel Universe it's is. Worthy. And you will appreciate <laughs> at the very at the end when Wanda Maximoff sort of you know don't give a spoiler don't give a spoiler but just you know the, the Scarlet you know she becomes okay. she becomes the Scarlet which you know from the comics you'll be impressed with her boss costume because I think they have updated her costume a little bit to reflect twenty twenty one get me with this more costume. woke <laughs> more woke feelings it's definitely yeah. not your typical comic book Wonder not Woman even like bullshit Wonder Woman did, yeah. was not particularly cool with the costume this is a yeah. good realistic okay. i just Ooh. i just want to shout that out so yeah it was it was it was yeah it, it, it's been the absolute highlight of my friday night it's been wow. almost the highlight of my week i've been there's been nothing there's not that much that we all watch together necessarily as a family and that has been you know that's been the start of our weekend oh, great. and i'm really gonna miss it now that it's not dropping but that said final point from me is that it is the launch pad of, of some of the next elements of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Scarlet Witch will reappear in uh, Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Um, so her story arc over the films lead very nicely in, into that realm of the MCU. Um, and then, of course, we've got um, um, Monica Rambeau. She's going to be going into, yeah, into, the, into Captain Marvel 2. And then our, what was his name, Agent Wu. He will be going. Agent Wu, yeah. Agent Wu will be going into uh, Ant Man Three: Quantumania. It's yeah. Oh. It's, it, it, 
I have said it before. I used to say this when I used to review these on Bums on Seats, and I'll say it again. I feel incredibly lucky to have had children at a time when the MCU has been, I say, say the Olympics, up. has been, has, has, has just had this overarching effect on our cinema, on our shared cinematic experience. And I love that. And I think they've done such an incredible job. Parents and kids alike. That said, Emma, when were, were your kids born? Were they, were they born for first Iron Man 2008? Why? They were born for that, but they didn't go. So yeah, they were born in, two, so the twins were born in 2007. Mm. So I would think that, I must admit, I don't think, I didn't see the first, I'm trying to think probably when they were about four, I started taking them to the cinema really early. No surprise. I love the cinema. The first film I think we went to go and see was Bolt and they're tiny. So they were, they were like a year and a half. So I, they I'm got sure into they appreciated having, it. <laughs> they got into having that long attention span from quite early on. Um, and I would think that the first one I took them to go and see at the cinema, though, was probably maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, when they were about eight or nine. We might have watched a couple on DVD. And then from there on in, we just went and, you know, we, we got through the whole we got through the whole lot and then we watched them on TV as well. So it kind of feels like it's echoed my my children's lifespan, if you like, because they were born only a year before Iron Man came out. So, mm. I, and I, I, like I said, and I you just watched they, them all together, all of you. Yeah, and I think everybody, I've known at least two of my friends over this set, this lockdown three or whatever, have done that thing where, because we're obviously all chomping in a bit for new Marvel content, they've done that thing where they've watched all the Marvel films in chronological order. So you start off with Captain America, the first oh, Avenger. I don't understand. Then you kind of move order. on to Captain Marvel. It's not the order in which way they're made, they're the order no. in which they. Like Star Wars. Star Wars boring now, and I hate Star Wars. There you go. Oh, what? Well, well. <laughs> One one day when eventually the universe decides that I'm ready, they're ready for more of me, I will be showing my offspring all of the nerdy shit that I've enjoyed over the years, be that Trek Wars. Uh, give us your at on Tinder again, because I try and shout you out every week and you refuse. Because it doesn't work like that. You can't search for people. I'll just come up as and when within a given radius. Stuart spelled S-T-E-W-A-R-T. At Stuart Pask, International Man of Mystery. Are you Tinder like and Bumble or Tinder, Bumble, Happen, Facebook dating is a thing now. What apparently. the fuck is Happen? Happen? What are these things? I'm so old. Facebook? Do they do a dating? Thing yeah, now? that's new. Yeah. What? That surely must be for really old people though, because I thought even I, you know, I thought Facebook is just like 45 plus now. I don't yes, think anybody who it is. But that decent. look, don't kink shame him. That might be what he's into. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, but I like the fact that Stuart's going to show his kids all of the things. It's like the fact that we've now been showing our kids Tarantino movies, which, as I say, I think could, could be considered <laughs> slightly over the top. For, but I've absolutely loved it. I've loved sharing that kind of stuff that had such an impact on me and showing yes. it to them. Oh, it's, it's I know, brilliant. I love and it. And some of the stuff doesn't work, and some of them they turn around and go, that, you know, what was it I tried to show them when they were, oh, Spinal Tap, when we were all moaning about, when you guys were moaning about right. Spinal Tap. Yeah, that, that's, that's, now that's a tricky one. So dry humour is tricky for kids, and I'm excited to see what your kids thought about Moxie, which we're going to talk about later. But shall we, now, we had a nice good chat, longer than I thought, but I am now <laughs> definitely going to try and watch WandaVision, because it just has moved you people. <laughs> Almost the whole podcast. One of one of my friends, by the way, the royal fucking family, and one division. Sorry, go on, Emma. Oh my! 
oh, my birthday Zoom yesterday. One of our old, one of our old, our old flatmate that James and I live with when we were first going out together, husband and James and I live with him. And she said, oh, I, I finally downloaded one of your podcasts. I said, oh, great. What did you think? She goes, well, my car journey finished before you'd even talked about what you were going to talk about this week. I said, oh, fun time. You're welcome, but, you know, bitch. <laughs> if, you, if you get it, you get it. was pretty much how I left it. I was like, well, if you get it, you get it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> Emma, should we very swiftly tell people something they should scroll past on Netflix, which is Murder Among the Mormons. And I have a more vested interest in this genre. So why don't you very quickly tell us what it's about and why you would scroll past it? Well, I try to watch this because I, you know, obviously Mormons, the, the very sort of nature of the Mormon church is so insane. The idea that someone buried some plates you know that to, to be found in the in the desert that then you know the idea of the church it's is atypical insane. to a lot of religions that we uh, mass follow today i agree it with your term of insane it's... we will get read to fill oh, the sorry. same world no. insane but no well. you're right and i should never mock people for their for their religious beliefs that is exactly it's, what it is it's very um, hard to believe hard to trust and hard to understand it's and it's very exclusive, obviously, to Utah, to Salt Lake City. Although when Jay, when husband and Adas I lived in Australia, we used that there were quite often Mormon because um, they sent they would send them on their missions, if you like. So they would, and a lot yeah. of them came to Australia and to stand around in pairs, and they were always. Why would they? Sw- what do they want in Australia? Just to convert people. I mean, they, they, you know, they, oh. there are Church of Latter Day Saints all around the world. It's just obviously it's mostly centered in Utah, where right, yeah, the <laughs> Real Housewives of Salt Lake City live. Exactly. And um, but, but they were always the sweetest, most polite, yes. smartly dressed, incredibly nice young men, really, you of know, course. so almost polite, yes. which is fine. And then obviously the Book of Mormon, the musical came out. So I think we all became slightly uh, more. Uh, sure. of it. Everyone, if you don't even like musical theatre, pay $1,000 million to go and see the Book of Mormon and you will not be upset. It's, it's which is of course written by the guys behind South Park who are both a religion which does ban you from drinking coffee or diet coke again is is you know it's it, it, of things to I don't to drink do. coffee like an and I have to drink golden cola so I could fit right in but I say cunt and I think organized religion is also cuntish so I I would not be accepted anyway <laughs> so I kind of thought, oh, well, I'm going to tune in because the bizarre nature of the Mormon church, let's say. Right. Am I allowed to say bizarre or the unusual well, bizarre, nature of it? Yeah, I thought bizarre it would make it to your life experience. Exactly. And I thought it would make it interesting. And I believe this is from a bombing that happened in the 80s. Um, right, yeah. And killed, I think, two people. And it promises yes. to be high stakes exploits turned turn deadly and shake a global church to its core yes. in this extraordinary true crime story. I watched about an episode and a half, maybe I watched two episodes. Honestly, I have no idea what was going on. I found it really clumsy edited mm. to such a point that I couldn't really make sense of what was going on. For one, I could understand there were some letters that had, you know, some, some letters that were authenticated as being written by yeah. Joseph Smith's wife yeah. that could then have changed the entire nature of yeah. the Mormon church and the, you know, the very structure of their beliefs in these golden plates and Joseph Smith and yes. Maloney, you know, all this. And, but, after that, I couldn't really work out what was going right. on. I found it really boring. You're dead right in all that. 
There are two different reasons why this was shipped. So the first reason is that this is Netflix catfishing us, much like they did with the Cecil Hotel thing, which I, the more I think about it, the more upset I am about it, where they have exploited the death of this young woman with mental health issues and made out like it was some serial killer murder mystery thing. They've framed murder among the Mormons as if it was that, and that's not the show you're going to be watching. So please don't watch it if you think you're going to be watching that kind of murder mystery. Ooh, like, that's not going to happen. Plus, the other problem I have is, much like when we have an argument earlier, big Republican, you're not going to be able to convince me the royal family is cool. Big Never atheist, tried to. <laughs> but big... <laughs> not even atheist, like totally agnostic. And I'm aware of and have read a lot about why organized religion is problematic in a lot of ways and has been proven to be problematic in a lot of countries and across a lot of generations. I don't know why we're holding up Mormons and trying to vilify them in the way that we're trying to vilify Scientologists for being whack jobs, for being crazy, for being insane for being completely, what the fuck are they talking about? None of their origin stories are any more odd than the origin stories of Christianity, of Catholicism. It's all absolute batshit crazy, but because it's closer to us in modern times, we're able to, you've both got your hands up, but. I hope you understand what I'm getting at, but I will stop talking and let's go for stew. So I have a quick question. You might not know the answer, but I'm just going to ask the question out there because I, I, I have very strong personal opinions on religion and some views. Uh-huh. Obviously, this isn't a religion podcast, obviously, but I think it, I'll, I'll raise it because it's You relevant. go for it, Stu Pesk. Where, where do the Mormons stand on things like blood transfusion and stuff? Do we do we know? Because I know it in, in some oh, religious I, I, sects. I'm it's not a bit sure. Of a... You're thinking, I think you're thinking of Jehovah's Witnesses who definitely take the Bible incredibly literally and yeah. this is where they won't allow blood transfusions. As far as I know, Mormons are pretty good with... Um, modern day medicine however well not I modern day my... transport or technology <laughs> what well, i that's was putting amish. my hand up to argue that's the amish well, i was putting my hand up to argue against Ashley. Was sorry to say, i'm very always... sorry i got mormons and amish mixed up very you might sorry say, you might say that their um origin stories are no more ridiculous i'll go with you on that however they did condone polygamous relationships for quite some time which in my attitude you know from my standpoint as a 48 year old woman in a democratic country i'm, I'm always questionable about, about a religion that is allowing men to take multiple wives and, and very you know, saying that's okay but a woman couldn't take multiple multiple yeah. husbands so i'm super I'm sex positive and listening to like the podcast i listen to in, in the media i um take stuff i watch I'm super sex positive and I'm very pro people having polygamous relationships that they wish to have that both parties are okay with. And I agree. I think we agree in that weird little crossover in that, but if it's only the man that is allowed to say that they wish to be polygamous, that's the problem. Yeah. And I I do, I do find that problematic and I understand they're not doing that anymore. And I understand now you have these kind of, um, 
sects of Mormonism that have broken off where they still, because I understand that polygamy is obviously no longer legal. They are no longer practicing this as a standard of the Mormon church, but there are various sects that have kind of broken off and are living a more extreme version of. Yeah, I don't think any of their beliefs are strange because I agree that people should be able to have multiple partners. If you wish to be polygamous, that's fine. If you wish to have 10 girlfriends and five boyfriends, that's fine. If you wish to marry four of them, that's fine. Uh, but only if it's cannot, equal standard. Yeah, but you only cannot hold up the sancti sanctimony of marriage in a certain way and then break it only when the man wishes to. So it's, yeah. for me, a lot of organized religion, the problem lies in patriarchy. But the problem I had with murder on the Mormons, A, it's not a murder mystery, so please don't watch it for that. B, we're taking the piss out of these people because it's such a bullshit crap religion, apparently. No, they're all bullshit and crap. So please don't make out of them I, any worse than anyone else. Cause I, I honestly <laughs> didn't feel that they were being, I didn't get the impression they were being taken to piss out. I, I felt it was quite underplayed that way. I just was really confused as to what was going on. It I was, yeah, it was, it was poorly made. So did this, Emma, did you watch Murder at the Cecil Hotel all the way through? I did not. You know, because you know, murder, was, murder mysteries are not my, not, not necessarily thing. my But if you even tried it for an episode or two, this had a very similar cadence. And I think Netflix is falling into the trap and they need to pull themselves out of it because they're going to lose us, us murder mystery fans. They're holding themselves up as having these brilliant series where they're going to explode these huge truths at the end of this brilliant sort of cat and mouse chase of a excellently edited series and it we've been fallen flat the last few times and this yeah. was absolutely shite um don't watch murder on the mormons Lazy. don't make fun of mormons more than you make fun of any other organized religion follower because they all deserve the same vitriole you'll see the light bless you friends do you just don't bomb people because we don't do you amen love you madly Love you madly. Love you all madly. Um, the other, yeah, yeah. So I watched all of Murder Among the Mormons. Um, Emma watched a little bit of it and rightfully decided to stop because it was rubbish. It's a Certificate 15 on Netflix. And we're going to move on to another quick thing that we didn't watch all the way through because we also found it a bit in the um, White House Farm is a Certificate 15. Is this Netflix as well? I can't see, but this is about... I can talk massively around this. I think Sorry, it's Emma, now Netflix. I think it was on either... It might have been an ITV. I think it was originally an ITV production here in the UK. So it might have been on the ITV hub, but now it's come to Netflix. Or it could have been BBC iPlayer because Netflix sometimes right. stuff comes on from our UK terrestrial TV then it comes on to Netflix. Okay. So it's definitely new on Netflix, but I think it was, right. I think it was either ITV or BBC drama. Okay. So this is called White House Farm, and it's a very English-specific crime that really rocked the country at the time. Um, and I only know it because I'm a big true crime fan, and I was thrilled to realise that last week the new episode of the podcast I love called My Favourite Murder... Um, covered this because they knew that this TV show was coming out in the UK. Um, it's a mini series, Certificate 15, called White House Farm, but it revolves around the crimes of a man called Jeremy Bamber. 
and it's okay tv show is well made it's quite interesting it looks quite nice it's nothing more salacious or interesting than were you to listen to the newest episode of my favorite murder podcast or if you were to read it up on wikipedia so that i guess is not a good sign <laughs> but maybe that's because i am so close to the crime because i knew so much about it but i consume a lot of this kind of stuff about serial killers i know a lot about before i watch it this didn't do anything new for me they missed a real trick here because the very exciting thing about the white house farm murders were that all the police all the detectives involved in this for quite a few years had their man and by had their man they had their woman i'm trying not to give too many spoilers they thought they knew who did it they went for that person they made a case around that person and it was only based on tiny little bits of information from everyone else when they finally turned it around and went for and convicted the person who actually did it. It seemed like such an open and shut case from the beginning and it went completely 180. So that's what makes it interesting. I would only bother watching White House Farm if you know nothing about the Jeremy Bamber case which I don't think anyone in the UK over the age of 35, 40 will not know. So that's a problem for me. It was okay. It was nicely done, but I knew it all. They told me nothing new, but then I'm a very special kind of serial killer fantasist, huh? How would it have, how does it compare? Let's say we reviewed some time ago. How did it compare to something like Dez, which was the... So Dez, David Tennant as Dennis Nielsen, which I found, and again, I mean, I knew, I, knew, I obviously knew all about Dennis Nielsen because again, kind of grown up in the UK mm. and not known about it. But um, how would some, how did this, the White House Farm, compare? Because that was another dramatized version. I, I found that fascinating because it was kind of a look into the, or a try to get to the psyche of this man that really no one could ever get into. No one really worked out what he was doing. Well, this is obviously this was very specific because what I understand, they, they it looked like an open shut case because all five members of this family are dead and there's just one you know it's the adopted son who's still standing so they kind of presume it's got to be him but then it took them longer to work towards yeah. that from what I understand because there were some mental health issues within the family and that's sort of that's thing. interesting I, to me though that you liked Des because you said you knew a lot about the case so you lived through that and you saw it in the news right yeah. Yeah. But you still found the TV show interesting. Yes, because so I, it revealed yeah, I did, I, things about him. I just think I also greatly enjoyed David Tennant's central performance. I thought I hadn't seen, you know, David Tennant, best known for Doctor Who, now obviously stage, <laughs> your favourite lockdown show, Ashley. Fucked. It just it, <laughs> it was a different side of him. And I thought it, it, it just gave you a very good sense of time and place as well mm. of the kind of early 80s, this... Okay. You know, incredibly grey guy who worked in the local job centre. I did not appreciate that because I was not there. So I, I, I did not appreciate the work they did there. So I, but I enjoyed that, but I don't, I, I wouldn't. These aren't things that I, I think in terms of real life UK murder things I've watched. Death and I watched the, and I will still always rave about that, Appropriate Adult with Emily Watson. Oh my God, that is incredible. Dominic. 
Dominic West, West as Fred West. Incredible. Yes. Do that. that and even though that is, you know, an, an watch appropriate Rose, adult, watch appropriate adult, watch appropriate adult. It, that is Do an it. incredible piece of That television. is top tier. So with your dares, it's I'm not happy so much, you, found, you found something new in it. I also did, but I wasn't so close to Dennis Nilsson's crimes. Um, that passed me by. It wasn't the sexiest of... Um, serial killers that I'm fed as a millennial because it's gay men it's the 80s they don't care about them so much so I was learning new stuff about him and I think that's why I was interested but on White House Farm I knew everything about this guy they showed me nothing new they didn't do anything better with his sister and we're trying not to give spoilers here um but if you if you want to watch White House Farm, Certificate 15, do not read anything about those crimes because it started off with one completely obvious perpetrator and then it really flipped. And that will be quite exciting for you to see. Other than that, I didn't think it was great. Okay. As an aficionado. And, well, and you are. You are. Uh, I'm aficionado. Should we go on to something? Let's go do a fun, 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 fun thing, Emma. So you, you being Amy Poehler. <laughs> Me. This is my directorial. Ah, is it her directorial debut? I'm think, not sure. I think it is. Amy Poehler okay. of Saturday Night Live fame. And she's not the regular mom. She's a cool mom from Mean Girls. She cool mom she's made her own Mean Girls. Emma, tell Parks us what... Recreation. Emma, tell us why you made Moxie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny you should ask me that. Um, no, I. So Moxie has just landed on Netflix, and it is the story of Vivian, who is a sort of shy, quite bookish, quite hardworking sixteen-year-old who's at school, but she sort of gets sick to death of the. This is why I just sort of you as soon as I put this on. Actually, she gets sick to death of the patriarchy and the sexism. Yep. I think they're in Oregon as well, which is, you know, quite a, normally you'd think it's kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, Oregon should be traditionally more left wing anyway, but it's not. It's your typical thing where the head of the football team is getting all the attention. The girls are fitting into the section of kind of cheerleaders or um, emos or weirdos or, you know, they get told, one girl gets told off because she's wearing a vest just because she happens to have, you know, big boobs. They're like, you can't wear that vest anymore. And she gets fed up with this. And then her mother, who's also played by Amy Poehler, so Amy Poehler directed this and also plays her mother, who is her divorced mother, and Stuart will like this, because actually there's a very sweet little romance, Stuart, and it's a tiny cameo from Clark Gregg, I want to say Clark Gregg, Um, Agent 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 Coulson, yeah. He pops Who up in it that? as her new boyfriend. He po- he's Amy Poehler's kind of new boyfriend that she, she flirts Who's with in the grocery Agent store. Coulson? Agent Coulson was in the first Avengers film. I was his death. Uh, never unit. forget that we don't all speak the same language. Yeah, so no, but that's why I was throwing that out to Stuart. <laughs> I was quite excited to see Clark Gregg in it, but sadly he's not in it ter- an, an awful lot. Anyway, sorry. Her mother then inspires her with her kind of like, you know, her past of being a sort of fuck the patriarchy, feminist, angry, bikini kill, rebel girl, all this stuff from the early noughties. Vivian discovers this and fired up, decides to start an anonymous feminist zine called Moxie, which then she drops around the school and you know, it starts this kind of movement between the girls at the school to um, 
trying to essentially smash the patriarchy and try and break away from this toxic, you know, this kind of toxic masculinity preferences that are happening at this school. Now, I really wanted to like this a lot because I love Amy Poehler and I love the idea of this. And there's a lot about it I did like, and I do think it's, I do think it's tackling a subject that should be tackled in 2021. And it's a very different kind of a teen film that I've ever seen before. It could have been a little funnier. I did feel that by the end, I was being really hit over the head with a with quite a blunt instrument to make okay. its point. I was like, I get it. It wasn't done in the most, with the deafness of touch, the lightness of touch. Like you said, you texted when you were watching it and you were like, oh my God, they've get, you know, they've done a mean girl shout out within like 40 minutes. I love, you know, this is great. Yeah. And, to compare it to something like Mean Girls, like I say, it's it that just wasn't, it wasn't fun. I think it's trying to be, I mean, I think it's advertised as a comedy drama, but the drama definitely outweighs the comedy. Um, Hadley Richardson, who I haven't seen, Hadley Robinson, sorry, I haven't seen anything, he's playing Vivian, our lead. I thought she was really charming. She really reminded me of um, the girl who plays lead in eighth grade as well. There was real, that yes. I've, I've got a lot of eighth grade yes. in this, which no. I loved. And and Booksmart, um, she reminded me of one of the leads oh, in Booksmart. Yeah, yeah. She reminded me of the, the lead who's not Beanie Feldstein in Booksmart. Yes, she the other one. Me of the lead in oh, I yeah, love so you. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. I'm terrible and at I, names. And I thought, you know, and I, I, and I thought she was a a charismatic lead, and and it's also about the fact that you know she kind of she gets drawn into like this new cool girl who started, and so she sort of um dumps her best friend of years who is an Asian American played by Lauren Sai and that actually I found really interesting at the end when when her friend turned around and said you have no idea of the sacrifices my parents have made yes. to get me here so it, it covers a lot it covers race it covers um femi- you know it, it covers feminism it covers it, co- it covers sexism it covers date rape it covers a lot and I'm not sure yeah everything lands that is where it fell short for me and i'm not sure if it's because we're older watching this so they touched on date rape they touched on race they touched on various things you and i would like them to go very deep because we're okay with talking about that kind of thing and i felt short change i was like you really didn't do any work here that's very upsetting and i felt short changed but would the 11 12 13 year olds watching it is this supposed to be very simple and very black and white and okay here's one question about race here's one question about sexual consent think about that they can't be firing 50 of them at them in one film so i think you and i are maybe looking for something more and it's not for us Uh, unfortunately but I tried to watch. Well, I do you know the kids were up for watching it with me, but unfortunately they all lost interest within about 15 or 20 minutes because like I said, I don't think the writing was quite sharp enough. It wasn't quite, I think the direction is really good. I'm excited to see what else Amy Poehler would do. I actually thought she did direct it well and there are some they're, they're good performances and it had a good look about it. And But it, it, yeah, like I say, it, 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 it had a lot of targets, but it hit them in a slightly heavy hand and it didn't quite get wasn't quite sharp enough and that frustrated me because I think the message it's giving is really powerful and really good and you know and also there are glorious performances mostly from these young you know this young female cast and there is a great sense of joie de vivre and joy they're all kind of jumping around the end to these kind of like early noughties you know feminist items anthems or whatever and I I appreciated Mm. that but 
yeah, it could have been. They, she also has her boyfriend, Seth, doesn't she? And he's almost too good to be true. He's the most perfectly yes. understanding. This is, and you've led into my main problem. So this is a great film for people who have a great parent at home, a supportive, matriarchal, mm. supporting boyfriend, great woke friends. You will see yourself in this. We don't need to be making films for people like that. They ha already have it. They're okay. We need to be making films for the others. And there were really, there wasn't enough effort put into the others. So Amy Poehler is a great woke supportive mum to her daughter who is very open and politically woke with a boyfriend who is very supportive and not misogynistic in any way and they are held up as the heroes and like yes they are the heroes that's how people should be but you don't see making films to teach people how to be like that you need to be making films to teach people who have none of that how to be more like that and also even on a more kind of just in terms of a, a film as a piece of entertainment level it just meant there was really no dramatic tension it felt when they shoehorned yeah, in dramatic tension true. it just felt super forced yeah so actually there's not really any there wasn't much of a story arc and while you were talking just then ash i was thinking about rocks that we reviewed oh i yeah, don't know maybe three or four months film. ago talking about making a film again about young girl school age this is an English film they made about a, a girl who whose mother abandons her and her brother and she's trying to hold her and her brother together so they don't get put into foster care and you're right mm -hmm. again that was and that's a story about an outflowing of, of glorious feminist friendships and, and and girls you know understanding rocks the power of themselves made point. about rocks girls like rocks, rocks need films yeah. made about rocks and it just made me think like, so Mean Girls is one of my favorite films of all time. There is not one person there who has it hard in life. Now I think back on it, like it's honestly, it's it was all very piss easy. And I wish we had more rocks um, in that. Yeah. And that's all well and good to make piss easy, you know, to make films about people who've got easy life that's fine if then it's going to be sharply written and it's going to be entertaining and for right. something that sells itself as a comedy drama you are laughing i just didn't i didn't laugh at this i i enjoyed it but i didn't it it, okay. it, and i and i, I kind of thought amy poehler was a bit wasted i thought they, they have she I, was um, she very much was marsha gay oh, in fact all the adults really clark greg could have i could have more of him they they have ike barron hot i can never pronounce Ike Barinholtz is from Sisters, and I think maybe the Mindy Project as well. He's in it as an English teacher, again, as a sort of very woke, feminist-friendly male English teacher. And he was wasted as well. Right. I'm sad to think, and from the writing, oh, sorry. from the writing, the performances, I think they played it safe on every front to get this made, and they got it made, and they got it out there. And it's better than a lot of other patriarchal shite we have for young women but we could do better. I think at one point they do say fuck the patriarchy though. And I was like, oh, it's Ashley's dream. It's me, babe. <laughs> it but it's not good enough because I am the best. So listen closely. <laughs> it falls in and it falls a little bit into that bit in between at the moment where you don't know. I imagine that would have had a cinematic release. Were we able to go to the cinemas? 
but it's also something I couldn't imagine spending £10 to go and see this right. at the cinema. But and the Netflix girls that need to see that won't be able to spend £10 at the cinema to go and see that. So I am, you've ignited in me that this lockdown has, for the better, changed cinema, I think, because who's going to be able to go and spend £10 to go and see that with a girlfriend? They're going to want to go with their boyfriend or they're going to have to go with a parent and they're going to have to go with, yeah. Moxie I liked, it's no Mean Girls, it's problematic, but I think the the real problem is <laughs> in the messages we need to push, <laughs> you're dead right, <laughs> the messages <laughs> to push and how we're able to push them, that's the problem, Moxie has a good fucking go at it. Yeah, for sure, it's definitely, what it's definitely worth a watch, um, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. I just, Try it. I like I said, I wanted to to really love it because I'm such a fan of Amy Poehler. I was a fan of the message, yeah. and it just fell a bit short. But it did. Well, that's that's on Netflix. That's Moxie, and it's a twelve. We're going to close with two films that um, won big at the Golden Globes this year, and I'm a bit worried because we're an all white reviewing cast, and they're very openly black celebratory films one is the united states versus billy holiday and the other is ma rainey's black bottom emma and i oh well i saw both of them i've only watched one you saw one and i'm not sure whether i was in the wrong mood or not but well should we should we take the first one um you are we going to talk holiday. about what we both saw first yeah do you want to talk about billy holiday first you tell us what that's I, about. Okay, so this is the story of Billie Holiday and her problematic relationship with the FBI. Because she was still singing Strange Fruit, which is obviously this incredibly powerful anti-lynching anthem that Billie Holiday was probably most famous for, but the FBI did not love the fact that she was still singing this in clubs around states at a time when lynchings were still happening and you know this we're looking at we, we, we're in the i think this film set probably from about 1946 to maybe about 1950 this particular bit she's on tour she's successful she's at the height of her career if you like at this point but they are finding it problematic that she is raising tensions at a time when black white tensions were still so rife particularly in the south so um that's where this that, that that's that's the premise of it and so they try and pin her basically they they arrest her relatively near the beginning for heroin usage because Billie Holiday was sadly quite a big heroin addict so she goes to prison for a year then she comes back out but they just don't want to leave her alone because they are worried like like I said the FBI just being particularly bastardly about it really they just want to they just want to shut her up Bastardy. <laughs> Probably a great reviewing word. They just want to shut her up. She is way um, before any of our time, but um, being a whole maybe over 10 years before my time. Did you know that Billie Holiday had all these issues? Because this is brand new information to me because her legacy has been media transported to me elsewise. I had no idea about I this did know she was a heroin addict. I did not know, for example, that she ended up dying in hospital of, I think, cirrhosis of the liver. But I she had was, no I idea about any of it. Handcuffed to her bed at the end by the FBI. So I didn't know oh, any of that. God. And 
again, a little bit like Moxie, I went into this really wanting to like it because we've talked before about Lee Daniels, who's the director of this, mm-hmm. who has also done The Paperboy, one of my most Paperboy favorite films. Paperboy is the ever. greatest film of that decor- decade. Listen to it. Watch so it. good, so Love freaky, it. so creepy. He did Lee Daniels, The Butler, which very I that was very nice, sedate but nice. So this it's all one about stories about the White House, isn't it? This so, is the problem I have with Lee Daniels. So the butler was sedate, but interesting and nice. This was sedate, but lost the interesting. So, and I was, and I was going to say, the other positive thing about this is Andra Day, I think rightfully won, she won the Golden Globe for Best Actress. She is a powerhouse she is, and she, I don't know where she came from. I don't I know why she hasn't she, been famous before this. And I believe she'll she, be famous for the rest of her life. <laughs> I need to tell you, she is quite famous, Ashley. She is Broadway. She's, I think she's Broadway. Oh, she's a anyway. Broadway. She's, oh, because she's has a, she has a lot of soundtrack credits on IMDb. Yes. So she's a great singer. So she's a big Broadway star. So they hired her, obviously, for her singing chops, which are incredible. She sounds like Billie Holiday. She looks like Billie Holiday. But the her costumes are, are gorgeous. fucking incredible. Yeah. She, so she personifies this, this role. And so that was really good. I do wonder, do you reckon she'll make it Oscar-wise? Because who the fuck knows is gonna what's going to happen at the Oscars this year? Because she was good enough. Even though I didn't enjoy this film massively, she is good enough. I she's think best actor, good enough. I'm trying she's, to think about... She's winner, good enough, though, I think. It's a, as we've talked about before, it's going to be a fairly, it's a fairly low... I think Olivia Colman apparently... Olivia Coleman's going to be a dead cert for the, for the father, this film about Alzheimer's with her and Anthony Hopkins. It hasn't come out here yet, but she, oh, I think she's up. odds really? on. Oh, fuck off. Olivia fucking Coleman again. Right. I'm just saying uh, she's going to be nominated. I'm not saying she's oh, going to win. She wasn't even good in the favourite. Come on. Andrew Day, I guarantee Rosamund Pike will be nominated with her back because she won the Golden Globe mm. for Best Comedy, which was very questionable for... Very um, questionable. This woman... Uh, is Andra Day is a far better performer than those two performances you just mentioned. And you know it. She, no. So these are the good things about it. Her performance is brilliant and it looked great. And there, there, is, there are a couple of kind of very emotional scenes, but I just thought it was so dull. It was really pedestrian. You're taking this incredibly interesting character, this woman who is furious and has got stuff to say about the situation of race. And she's, an, you know, yes, she's an addict. And yes, she's also involved in some really, you know, um, How could you make that abusive relationship. Exactly, she has <laughs> this passion. And they made it so boring. And I, I just, I, I couldn't, could not have cared less by the end I of it. I agree. And this is on top of, so yes, Andrew Day is the actress of the year with her role. Emma's totally right. Well, in my opinion, I felt very bored by it. And I don't know how you could have done that with that subject matter. But you had character actors in this. Leslie Jordan was in this. Natasha Leon was in this. But Miss Lawrence, who is a famous stylist made famous through the Real Housewife franchise, their performance fuck me i'm not being facetious they could be nominated for a best supporting actor oscar they are a fantastic fantastic actor 
everything they had everything going right for this film yeah I hope and I'm I'm gonna hold my hand up and it might be because we're not so close to the subject matter that we're not as riled up and excited about it and as angry about it and we're not as emotionally invested that might be it but we've watched a lot of films there's a great cast there's great costuming there's great music there was a fantastic script there's fucking fantastic actors there's an unspeakably brilliant lead in Andre Day but we were both left underwhelmed and that shouldn't happen I, I wouldn't don't know say why it happened. was fantastic I wouldn't say and they have and your baddie in it is Garrett Hedlund who I also I mean Garrett Hedlund is oh I don't even it. mention that guy <laughs> leave that guy no one cares but- <laughs> but he is enjoyable. He can be enjoyable. And again, oh, it's completely no. wasted. No, no, no. I didn't. The script, it, no, it, yeah, it just was. And I don't think, actually, in this case, I don't think it's because we're sitting here in, in you know, suburban England as white film reviewers. It's not a question of colour or race. It's just, this is a period piece, if you like. And it's just a period piece that was not written just in a, a bit way slow. to keep the narrative drive right. going. Or that you really, like I say, you just didn't oh. really care about it. And I was sad That's because Lee Daniels made brilliant, brilliant films. So I'm surprised that he managed him because, you know, and, and, they, and he mixes up some media quite interestingly. They do these, you know, these fake bits of news footage as, as they see from scene to scene that they, you know, of her sort of on tour and going to the clubs and they go into sort of black and white, almost like Cine 8 film and then going back into it. But, it, it was a snore fest. And we're not okay. alone in this. It's had very mediocre reviews. Right. And the day, great. Rest of it, okay. blah, whatever. I Sorry. did enjoy all the other um, character performances in it, but it, it was just very bitty and, yeah. It didn't Yeah, it just it didn't hang together. It didn't feel like there was any narrative drive. I didn't feel like there was much. Again, I'm very, very glad despite despite the poor reviews i'm very glad that andre day's performance is being recognized that doesn't normally happen especially for women especially for black women she's still getting recognized despite what she had to work against so that i'm going to say one thing one last thing i just say i think it fell into that hole as well that sometimes films about addiction and heroin usage could do if i saw one more scene of them shooting up and then all just lying back in a right. kind of drowsy state of euphoria. I was like, oh, come on, guys, we've seen Quite this a bit so done. often. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not um, the big Lebowski. Let's move on. So that's the United <laughs> States versus Billie Holiday. You can get that Available. On- Sky Go here. Sky yeah. Go on Now TV. So Sky it's Hulu everywhere. So it must be Sky Originals. Um, mm. And then I did catch... Um, the next film we're going to talk about, the last film we're going to talk about, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which also won big on Golden Globes night. Chadwick Boseman got a posthumous Best Actor award for this. He's starring against Viola Davis. So this is a powerhouse of performances. Certificate 15, available on Netflix. It's about one recording session. So Ma Rainey sort of tumultuous brilliant woman um fighting with her trumpet player or horn player i'm not sure what kind of brass the man plays um but yeah it's about that kind of push-pull relationship i went into this and wanted to adore it 
and I'm sorry to say that it fell into the, the kind of the same um, thing as United States versus Billie Holiday for me. It was just kind of slow and dark and insular and there wasn't enough to keep me there. And I felt very bored. It was very quiet. They're very, so Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman, wonderful actors, but you can't have two actors whose MO is to underplay and be very natural. You need a very vibrant overacting person to outweigh the other person. It was just quite quite boring and slow for me and it's short I, running time I know as well so it even felt slow and boring it's only an hour and a half it's only an hour and a half and it did not I wish I'd watched like this more you started it did you no no I no I, I tell you actually I did recommend this this was on Kendrick's list of recommendations and I had to go over and Kendrick being Emma's like, dad Kendrick, my father my 80 almost 81 year old father so I did set him up with this but he was also disappointed by it because he Aww. said Ma Rainey was no Bessie Smith and he was just all blind Snoop Sieglin and he considers himself a bit of a blues aficionado so Kendrick's so a fan was, and he didn't like this kind of thing that's interesting no, I know and, nothing about blues well, I don't either, really. But my father would like. He, my father is a yeah, huge New Orleans 1920s blues right. fan. A lot of vinyl from that era, and he did not love this. And then I was, but I'm thinking, I'm looking, I was looking at the runtime, and I thought, oh, maybe I should have watched this over um, the United States versus Billy Holiday. But you seem to be saying it's it's falling into the same bag, just really a little did. bit underwhelmed. But I do wonder if if because it's a slow burn. I'm not tied to the emotional racial tensions in the script or the story. So I'm less likely to follow them along. And I think that might have been why I gave up so easily. Um, so I, I don't feel qualified to talk about Ma Rennie's Black Bottom or the United States versus Billie Holiday because I found them both quite slow and I found them to not reveal anything very spectacular that might hook me into a two-hour film but who knows I and I do understand obviously you have to be careful like you like I say we're you know we're sitting here as white reviewers looking at films and they're very clearly with a mostly African-American cast at the same time though we have oh, seen yeah. between the two of us a lot of films actually and I think yeah. they were very slow they were slow films are made for an inclusive audience you know you should like a film no matter you know film should be a good film no matter what color you are, no matter what sex you are, to a certain extent, what no matter what age you are, you know, a, a film is something, a really good film is something that's gonna to speak to someone who's 12 as much as it right. speaks to someone who's 72. There you go. Yeah. They're but I do feel very... that we're struggling with that kind of thing. Yeah. And then I think on a better day, both of us might have watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or the United States vs. Billy Holiday and, be, and have been ready for that slow pace. You've got to really set yourself up for that because as we keep trying to say on this podcast, we keep trying to pick and watch an oldie but goodie. But in lockdown, neither of us, none of the three of us can seem to get together at the same time to be ready to put that much effort and emotion into watching something. We're just really clawing at the edges here and just watching some old shit that will just gets us through the evening. We're not ready to put our thoughts into it without playing on our phones. 
<laughs> this is me. This, yeah, this is correct. That is me. <laughs> Point of view. I'm also loving Call My Agent so much, Ashley, that I do have to. Are you still watching time. that? I thought it was finished. Honestly, that you need French to get TV on that show. I had this whole big chat about it and I thought there was going to be a fifth season. There's not. They've just made four seasons and they're all now on Netflix. I'm halfway through season three. It is it's brilliant. Okay. And if you don't, I, I don't know why I bother even saying it. Like I watched I two episodes and I can't get in. Like, how long does it take okay. to get in? Well, what oh, it took me maybe four, I'd say. No, I, think I don't have that anyway. kind of time where I've got games to play on my phone. I've got... Things. I think you need to go, and I think Stuart would agree with me. We need to send Ashley to WandaVision first, do we not? Stuart? WandaVision, do it. WandaVision looks lovely to me, and I'm a huge fan of um, the lesser Olsen. I think she's the better Olsen, and I wish her well. I would, I would yes. love. To, I, I think I'm going to try WandaVision. But Emma, you, by the way, before we come off this i want to mention that we were talking about the united states of billy holiday and ma rainey's black bottom but off of wandavision emma there was a tv show that we really want to watch as well that you mentioned too is it brian cranston a new one yes, that we're so going to watch next week this is your honor i believe it's called yes your honor yes i hear and apparently it has one of the most stressful opening scenes that any anyone's seen for the last it's the fuck idea me can attest fuck me the going, stress oh well, have you watched it have you watched i've watched the first episode but I, I don't know why i did that after watching the fucking trailer because fuck me yeah i've yeah and so this is brian cranston obviously in sort of going back to that idea of his breaking bad role in that he is a morally judge. complex <laughs> character in this he is a i believe he's a judge isn't he in new orleans who, shit, for yeah. reasons that come up in the first episode his son is involved in a hit and run um, hit and well, run no, we, and we can these aren't spoilers, in order to protect him no, that's what i suppose it happens trailer. in the first minute doesn't it yeah the hit and run is in the trailer the fact that um brian cranston is a is going to find a way to cover for his son is all in the trailer. So that's not a spoiler, but the big twist in the spoiler at the end, Emma, what's the problem? I don't know. I haven't got, I haven't watched any of it. I don't know. Oh, Should I know? I know. Stuart, tell her the problem. Stuart knows. The, trailer. The, the kid involved in the hit and run is the son of a mob boss. Oh. <gasps> Well, you see, because also people keep throwing zero 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 at me talking of Bob. Apparently, well, it's know, what does that mean? Zero 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 is on Sky at the moment. It's this big flashy drug mob drama. Yet another one about you know a family okay. who are drug importers, exporters. Mexico, Italy looks beautiful. Andrea Riseborough, Gabriel Byrne, some other dude that I can't remember his name right now. Some old cunt. Uh, I, okay. I did. No, no, young. Um, but I did say that I, I felt like my I, my brother was really raving about it. And I said I just feel like get off my dick, Richard. Get off my dick, Richard was raving about it. But I said maybe I've seen a lot of mob stuff. So, but okay. So we're definitely going to be looking, Your Honor, next right. week. Yes, we are definitely Stuart and Ashley going to be looking at American graffiti. I may even have to rewatch. Oh my god, this it, has been our homework weeks for four weeks and we haven't done it. So the great Emma has oh, American graffiti guys watch available it on Netflix. 
watch it ahead of our review when you next hear from us. It's on Netflix, as Emma says. Isn't um, who's the ginger from Happy Days who made the Grinch? It's a very young Ron Howard before he Stuart's became Stuart's father-in-law, right? So Ron Howard <laughs> exactly. Isn't. It's soon to be father-in-law. A young Richard Dreyfuss. It's the beginning of the teen film era. You wouldn't have had Breakfast Club. You wouldn't have had Mean Girls. You'd have had, wouldn't have had Grease without this. Like this is. definitely have had Grease. And it's also got a very young Harrison Ford in it. This is to say that this is. To be be fair, without this, we probably wouldn't have Star Wars either. So. Sexy. It's all coming together. So next week's homework. watch american graffiti emma's been trying to get us to do it for weeks now but we just have no time because <laughs> we kind of sat around the house looking at walls and shit so we just have other stuff to do <laughs> birthday zooms to celebrate you know it's a, know. It's a busy God, old week God, How are all and by the way for our international listeners as uk emma your kids have gone back to school by the time everyone hears this do we feel like we're lifting out? Do we feel any better? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Technically, we haven't left anything yet. That's tomorrow. But, but, but I, by I, the time they hear it, oh how yeah. do you expect to feel, Stuart? Well, today, today I left the house and I went to do some shopping, and mm-hmm. I and it felt the most open has ever. Not for any government policy, but by pure coincidence, I bumped into four people and had two different conversations with those people. In... You spoke to humans outside of your household. I know, so that's oh that's kind of a big deal in itself. So I'm ready to expand on that and be a little yeah. bit more normal because April sixteenth, well, isn't it? That's the day. Yeah, by the time we go live, we will be able to now, I believe, sit on a park bench and drink a special brew or a coffee yeah. with somebody. And I think your kids person... will be tutored by. Doesn't have to be exercise anymore. Well, my school? kids are, thank God, going to be back go. being taught by professionals. I wow. mean, that lets, it means I can make it into the office at a reasonable time, which is good because I know you guys, my job is not particularly sexy or interesting, but there are raw material crises going on. She does on science. There's a science. I don't thing. do science. Don't I buy shit. And I buy shit. shit and sell shit. <laughs> in fact, there's an, in fact, though, my friend did send me a link to a documentary, a new perfume, a perfume documentary they've done on Dior. So I might even watch that for next week and then talk about it. Except I never made it to my job. I'm but anyway, watch it. raw material crises going on everywhere. So I need to probably be at work focusing a little bit harder than I have been. So nice. I think it'll be good for everybody. Obviously, it's going to be good for our children. Geniusly, they're making Jago go in in PE kit all next week because I think Ooh. they get those kids. They need to get out. them. Oh, nice. And get them away from their bedrooms and their TV, which is all they've done, obviously. Because like we said before, I'd love the idea that my kids would finish their day of school on their screens and then go out and do some exercise. But these are teenage boys. They can't see their friends. We drag them out for maybe a walk once a week. So the thought that they're going to be doing loads of exercise next week at school is really possible. And I know I have joked, and every time we've talked about it, I say the term... What a time to be childless. And I mean it lovingly because fuck me. Anyone who's had one child at home during 2020, fuck me, guys, honestly. But Honest I did to God, cry. you guys, you should have cried because you guys. I are, cried yesterday because me, my, look, my middle twin bought me this 
he arranged, he bought a beautiful necklace which has all our initials on it hanging down and that was all from Mars he chose it and he wrote me a card that just said you couldn't want for a better mom and I was like oh you guys that's, no Emma that was, was for your birthday that was for your birthday and that was a special but I think it's also recognized that we've spent an awful lot of time with each other for the last two months and there's been a lot I mean I'm going to be happy basically not to have to do disgusting 70s school dinners which is what I've been <laughs> doing like the kids have had chicken Kievs and oh, I don't know, just bait it, but you know, I just get that out. You lay it because they're stuck at those, they're stuck at their computers all day, every day. So yeah. I think it's going to be joyous. The and gifts, I'm feeling very optimistic. The gifts were for your birthday, and that was special and extra. But we are trying to explain that anyone with humans who are of school age in their homes have done, I think, 90% worse than everyone else has done. And you've done as good of a job as you can and also right. the schools have been amazing i say this every time but jay goes you have also been amazing you hand working they come back with feedback so quickly i just yeah i i'm feeling kind of optimistic i had this entertaining email from this i was talking about this before we went on there was like this is french perfume event that's going trying to go ahead and they sent this really entertaining email that's translated into fairly bad english and it said because we understand great britain will be returning to normal life from may the 17th so we see no reason our fair can't go ahead on june the second and everyone's right. a bit like oh, no really we're not going to be vaccinated around. by then babe but emma you well, exactly are, you're not gonna let him you are refusing the compliment which oh. <laughs> which is what you don't try and refuse it again. Yes, any, not going to. anyone with a child in the house. Fuck me, guys. The end is in sight. The end is actually in sight. By the time you're listening to this podcast, you're done. And yeah. fucking thanks. And they are like, hopefully Christ on a bike. What a time to be childless. Like <laughs> no, but Jesus Christ, you guys are done and Fuck yeah. me. And that I think was... it's good. Well, I just think there's been so much time you feel so guilty. You know, there's there's so much has been involved. And I think that the children going back Fuck to me, guys. the first step on this roadmap. To you guys to getting back. your lives back. And we've talked so much about everyone's mental health being affected, everyone's careers being affected. But people who had school-age kids in the house, you are 10 steps behind all of us. So good. I am loving the fact. And I am with you. I'm loving the fact, by the way, that Ashley hasn't turned the lights on in her bedroom. We've been <laughs> now it's dark. Gusk has come down, and now Ashley is like ah. crazy dark. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm looking forward to a time when we talked about this before, and we never squeezed it in in the mid lockdown that we can actually record this in person. Wouldn't that be awesome? We can sit around. Oh my the god, table we should it. all come round and take our big special microphone stand Stu got us for Christmas, and we should all do it together. Exactly, that's going to be exciting. That'll be great. We will. Thank you. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. (laughs) Wherever you listen. If you didn't turn off during our Prince Harry chat for the first 20 minutes. Fuck the royal family. Hear me now. I have to chip it in (laughs) and say now, uh, as per the records, we have just gone over one hour and a half. Oh, okay, <laughs> and we've got one in the bag. Well, we'll be uploading these treats as they come. Um, I will still be cheating, <laughs> but I won't be able to help myself. So, have a wonderful rest of your Sunday, both listeners and Ash and Stu. Be your babes. Um, love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.